0: beautiful song. Just a poor old wafering stranger trying to get home. The other day I was having lunch with a friend of mine and we were talking about some of the changes that have occurred in the last 15 years. And, you know, we think about the social media, we think about Facebook, and we think about technology and just how everything has changed. We don't even look use CD players anymore because we we, we, we have Spotify and and, and Pandora and and you know all the kinds of things that help us stay stay connected in different ways. Have you ever thought for one minute the change that the air condition has had on us and on our society? Well let me ask you a question since you kinda laughed when I said that. What if we why don't I just suggest we have service from here on out for the rest of the spring? And all of the summer, when the temperatures are on average between May and October averages about 88 to 94 degrees, why don't we just have worship outside? <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> we, we love our AC, and just as but we love we, we love our AC and, and we love this sanctuary, and we love worship inside, where the central, heat, central air is always on. And that's all right, that's all right. In fact, uh, many of us, I'm actually a native Houstonian, 52 years today. (laughs) And I love this city, and I know many of you love this city. We love this city so much that when we when we leave here we get to enjoy the the uh, wide oak bio we get to enjoy this beautiful bio city we have a scenic view of the downtown buildings outside, and nothing can really stop us from enjoying this city. We have the super Bowl fifty one come into this city I mean this is an abundant city, you know just an abundant city uh, where uh Anything you're looking for, kind of entertainment or activities, you can find it right here in this city. We, we definitely know that. But what we might not have realized is that the AC has transformed our lives so much so that it also can separate us from each other. Y'all remember the time back in the day when people used to sit out on the porch? You know, it didn't matter how hot it was. Didn't matter if the wind was blowing or not blowing. We would just sit out on the porch, and Lord knows if you got in trouble at school, you know, the neighbors were watching you coming home, couldn't wait for you to come home, couldn't wait for mama to come home from work, and she already knew before before she got home that you had done something wrong at school, because all of us had, know those nosy neighbors that know everybody's business, because they're the ones sitting out on the porch you know, in in the heat and join the A.C. But that's the thing. Central air and A.C. has changed all of that. Now, where do we sit? Inside. Away from each other. Away from our neighbors. In fact, I don't know if I even, how many of you even know the names, the first names of your neighbor across the street? or two or three doors down, or the neighbor on the right. Just a few hands went up and the neighbor on the left. That's how much our lives have been transformed simply because of the AC unit. And I don't know that that's an amenity that any of us are willing to give up. Well, our scripture from today brings us to the book of Isaiah. And The reason we want to talk about Isaiah as we talk about border crossings and we talk about the fences that separate us is because our history, our Christian history starts with the foundation of the people during the time of Isaiah. During that time, the people, the historic Jews from the biblical times were forced out of their homelands. We call that the exile. Most of us know about the, uh, ec, the period of the exile and these were the people who we call the people of the diaspora well isaiah lived during that time he was a young prophet maybe 25 years old he was the one you may recall from isaiah 6:1, who fell asleep one night and had a dream and the lord spoke to him in this dream and the lord says who shall i send and isaiah said lord here I am, send me. That's the Isaiah that we're talking about today as we talk about this abundance that we live in today. See, that was something that the people during his time, they knew so well because there were years and years where they prospered. But after the Assyrians conquered their lands and forced them out into the what we call the diaspora, which means people who've been exiled away from their homeland. And then later Assyrians lost the wars with the Babylonians and the Babylonians took over and continued to keep the people of Israel in exile. Some of them became slaves. Some of them were forced to lose their dignity and felt like they were losing their humanity. You know, some of them lost their loved ones. And this was happening for years, hundreds of years. But during that time, it was Isaiah who is better known for his compassion. It was Isaiah who was the one who would encourage them to hold strong no matter how bad the situation got. It was Isaiah who told them, when you've lost all that you've had, when you can't see the road ahead and it's blocked with all sorts of barriers that we experience in life, and when you're moving from city to city, crossing all of these borders, getting farther and farther away from the land that you know to be yours, the culture that you're familiar with, and now you have to deal with the culture of people who worship many gods, You have to deal with people who were idolatrous. And Isaiah wanted to remind the people, please, keep your faith. Trust in the God that you've always known to love and to care for you. This is the God who, no matter what you've done in the past, and even if you got caught up and thought that the Assyrians' way was the way to live, He says to them, God loves you. God cares about you. And God will never, ever forsake you. That's the compassionate prophet who we heard about when Jonah read the scripture who told them, Lo, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy milk and wine without money and without price. And then we ask ourselves, in today's context, how is that possible to buy milk and honey for no price? We live in an abundant city. A city full of opportunity for a lot of people. And and yet, there are some people who this message in Isaiah speaks to today. People who live in Third Ward, Texas. Fourth Ward, Texas. People like our LGBT brothers and sisters who live in Montrose, who are dealing with the issues of gentrification. We adore having a grand city where big buildings are being erected all over the place. And it attracts businesses to our community and helps our community thrive and survive. But have we ever thought about how the city is now becoming a place of separation between the rich and the poor, the have and the have-nots. Have we thought about what is happening to those people who once knew their land, and now they're looking at a city that they hardly recognize? This is not the third war Texas that I'm used to... Going on to, what am I going to do? Statistics tell us that in 2013, the poverty rate in Houston increased to 26%. That is nearly one-third of the population in Houston that now lives in what we consider below the poverty line. And that's something, for me, is a wake-up call. Am I thinking about the people who are less fortunate? And the thing about it is that we can't look at a person and tell that they are in poverty no different than we can look at a person and tell that they have a lot of wealth. Can we? And yet, when we think of rich, we think the opposite, poor, which is what Byron Stevenson tells us. But when we think of poverty, the opposite of poverty is injustice. And we know Martin Luther King tells us that injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere and so what i want to do for us today as a congregation that's welcoming is help us to look at ourselves and just be a little introspective for just a minute and ask ourselves as people particularly those in our lgbt community who are even being moved out of montrose i know some of you You know, you shop around in Montrose, it just doesn't look the same anymore. And our LGBT youth, who used to have, consider Montrose a place of refuge. Connie, can you go to the next slide, please? A place of refuge. Now, when they come into crisis, there's no place for them to go in the same manner that it used to be. I read an article that our transgender youth, have some of the most difficult times, you know, finding a place to go. And so, what kind of barriers are we blind to because we, you know, need to have our AC and we're not willing to give it up? I'm not willing to give it up. I'm going to admit that. And so here's a picture of what is called iceberg. And iceberg is a tool that we'd like to use to help us visually see how much do we really know about each other when we enter into these doors and enter into the sanctuary. At first glance, it's easy to see my praise, I get my praise on, you know, get the worship going, when the sanctuary is singing such a beautiful song, wafering stranger. You know, we get our worship on and you say, man, that person must have a good life. Look, how, look at God, I hear people say all the time. And yet, there are things below the surface that until we connect with people at the heart level, we will never know. You will never know a felon unless they share with you their story. We don't know all the story. You never know someone's gender identity or sexual orientation unless they tell you the story. We can't assume that every person who walks in the doors of resurrection identifies directly with the LGBTQ community. We have people who are heterosexual, non-homosexuals. <laughs> who come and worship with us. And so we want to make sure, or at least I think it's a great thing to do, is to make sure that when people are looking for a place of refuge, looking for a place that they can call home, they've already sung the song, I'm a wafer and stranger trying to get home, and the home they're talking about is heavenly because on earth, they feel disenfranchised. They feel separated from their families because their families can't understand how a man can be attracted to another man or how a person can be born and identified with one gender and say, that's not who I am later on. And so, we want to be a place that makes a deeper heart connection and allow the water levels to go a little lower as people begin to find this place a safe place to be, a welcoming place, a place where they can sit beside you and trust you with the rest of their story and know that you're going to tell them God loves you. God cares about you. And no matter what you did in the past, and no matter what you may do in the future, if you were in AA for 10 years and you decide to take another drink, God still loves you. God still cares about you. We are no longer are going to just be blind to our comfort, and we're going to recognize and acknowledge the kinds of fences and barriers that we may unconsciously built right here at Resurrection. And we're going to begin to take them down so that people can find God regardless of what border they have to cross, regardless of what barrier, an obstacle that stands in their way. We're going to say, if you see a barrier here at Resurrection, MCC tell somebody because we really do care. That's the kind of compassion that Isaiah had for the people of Israel who were losing their way. He wanted them to know that life can be difficult sometimes and you may go hungry and you may suffer and he, you may need to know that the Messiah is coming and in Isaiah... 53 he talked about this savior who was going to come to redeem the people and that person we know today as christians is jesus we want people to feel when they come to resurrection mcc that jesus is here We had a wonderful program last evening, uh, yesterday afternoon, with the Gospel Ensemble singing, and one of the last singers said, Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name." Next slide, please. You might be sitting there today, and you might identify... Not with LGBTQIA, you might be Deadpool. And you might have a lot of scars bearing down on you because of the complexities of your life from the past. And you may not feel comfortable yet taking off the mask. And so I just want to lift you up and tell you that every single one of us, including Reverend Troy, is a work in progress. We're still working on it. (laughs) Reverend Vicki Gibbs, who I've known for almost 20 years, she's still a work in progress. She's still working on it. We've had masks. We've changed them out from time to time and put up new ones. And I just want you to know that it's okay to wear the mask if you feel like you need the mask, but to look for the light in the darkness. And know that God cares. And no matter what you're going through, somebody here, you may find you can trust with your story. That you can connect with and you can sit with them and slowly begin to take off the mask and allow your scars to show so that the healing from within can begin. Because that's what church is about. That's what church is about. Church is a place where we find God. Church is a place where we find comfort in knowing that we can sit here and cry. You can get up and run around the church if you feel that that's what you need to do to express yourself that day. And if somebody says something to you about it, you tell them, go talk to Reverend Denise, and she'll make sure... That Troy lets you know that it's okay for me to clap my hands, stomp my feet, because I'm healing. I'm healing. I love this church. I've been a member for more than 20 years, right at 20 years. And I just want to tell you and encourage you to find that person, find your place. And together, we will remove the barriers that separate us. And we're going to pray to God and hope the AC never gets turned off in this sanctuary. (laughs) Let the church say, amen.